Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening and welcome in this is sgr 57 we are breaking down the wild card weekend. It is here, guys. We made it. We are in the playoffs. Uh, the last two weeks, hopefully, you guys have been listening to my uh, playoff picture breakdowns. Uh, called quite a few shots here. Um, you know, doing a lot of that research definitely helped me uh, get prepared for the last two Sundays. We've been on a bit of a hot streak here. Uh, last two weeks, I have gone three and zero on my top spread picks posted on my Instagram page Sunday morning. Uh, each week, so that's a total of six and zero over the last two weeks. Also, uh, this past week eighteen went three and zero on underdog upset picks with the Steelers plus one thirty, the Dolphins plus two twenty, and capping it off the Raiders getting that overtime win to lock up their playoff card at a plus one forty underdog winner. Um, I have uh, got some more information for you guys. I've got some juicy stats. I've got some refereeing trends. I've got a lot of gut analysis here that I want to share as far as how this weekend is going to play out. Um, I am uh, deciding to break up this weekend into at least two episodes. I'm going to try and squeeze it into just two. But um, as I'm recording this Friday afternoon, around four o'clock or so, um, there's still a couple of things I'm waiting to see how they play out over the weekend, some final reports, some final line movement. I'm going to wait to record uh, my predictions for the Sunday and Monday games until tomorrow. Try and get those out to you guys by hopefully noon, maybe one o'clock at the latest. Um, but in this episode, I'm going to give you some general, just, uh, you know, wildcard weekend betting philosophies. And I'm going to talk about the uh, Raiders Bengals game and the Patriots Bills game both taking place on Saturday before we get into the rest of the weekend on tomorrow's episode. Um, it's an exciting weekend. We've got, of course, six football games stretched over three days. Um, only two of the spreads are above uh, a touchdown, with the Steelers uh, being the biggest underdog here at, a, I think, a 12 and a half to one underdog, and the Eagles. Um, you know, taking eight and a half points down in Tampa, but everyone else uh, spreads are uh, about five and a half or lower this weekend. So we should have some really good football. Um, one overarching stat or philosophy that I want to discuss quickly uh, before we get into the specific game breakdowns, it's something that I've mentioned on these episodes in the past that I play on as kind of an annual trend. Um, there are outliers. There are certain players that define, you know, trends like this or, um, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, the, the example to the rule. Uh, but, um, you know, in general, this is some pretty strong stuff to go by. And the philosophy is that quarterbacks 
with not a whole lot of uh, previous playoff experience. Um, it's usually a good bet to bet against them, whether it be on the uh, straight up side of things or the spread in their first career playoff start. So uh, the stat that I have here, quarterbacks making their first playoff start going back to the year 2002 are six and 16 against the spread as favorites. Um, road underdogs do a little bit better, uh, but they are still on a, the losing side of things at an eight and 10 against the spread, uh, mark. So that's going back the last 20 years, six and 16 against the spread as favorites, eight and 10 as a road dog. Uh, I'm pretty certain there has never been a road favorite with a quarterback making their first playoff start. So that's why we don't see that category showing up here. It just wouldn't make sense. Um, even going back to some of the most famous, you know, dog runs, um, you know, got teams that have exceeded expectations. I mean, the Eagles were home dogs the entire time during their Super Bowl run. Um, the Giants, you know, going back to their wild card days with Eli Manning were always road dogs. So no home dogs here in that category. As I rambled through that, um, the quarterbacks that fit that category are Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, who are facing each other this week. So somebody's going to get a win and a cover. And then we have three more this weekend with Jalen Hurts, uh, Mac Jones, and Kyler Murray. These are all quarterbacks that have zero playoff experience. Derek Carr has gotten the Raiders to the playoffs once, but he did not start due to injury. And the rest of these guys, it's their first time in the dance. You know, Burrow, second year. Hurts, second year. Mac Jones, rookie, Kyler, third year. None of these guys have played in playoff games. So it's something to keep an eye on. Not a strong track record of uh, being able to pull it out in your first game. Also, as we zero in on one McCorkle Jones up in New England, uh, rookie quarterbacks to kind of uh, magnify this trend a little bit. Going back to the year 2012, are 0-7 straight up in their last seven games, 1-10 straight up in their last 11. Um, the only quarterback to win a playoff game in his first playoff start as a rookie uh, was uh, Russell Wilson back in 2012. Um, outside of that, we have to go back to the 90s, I believe, to find someone else. Um TJ Yates actually might have snuck in there. That was back uh, maybe 2008, 2009. But my point is 0-7 in their last seven, 1-10 in their last 11 with rookies. And it took Russell Wilson to kind of break that trend, who is uh, most likely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is Mac Jones a first ballot Hall of Famer? It's yet to be determined. He had a great rookie year. Probably going to get the runner-up for uh, – Offensive Rookie of the Year, I think Jamar Chase solidified that with some of his big numbers. But this, in general, just goes to show you guys, you want to take people that have been in the playoffs before. There have been some guys, uh, like I said, outliers that have debunked this trend. Uh, you take, for example, um, you know, just the real studs. Uh, I think Andrew Luck covered his first playoff game. He did not win, though. I'm pretty sure that was a loss to the Chiefs with Alex Smith. Uh, Pat Mahomes, he got a win. Um, in his first playoff game. I think he covered. He did cover. It was a minus. I remember this specifically. It was Chiefs minus five against the Colts, and, and they got the cover because I was on that side. Um, 
there are certain guys, you know, the elites of the elite that can get this done or the guys in really good situations. But, you know, it's going to take a lot for a guy like Jalen Hurts or a guy like Mac Jones to get a, a win this week as, uh, you know, a road underdog. Kyler also a road dog. Maybe a little bit more vulnerability with the Rams. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for these guys making their first uh, start. So that's a trend to be aware of. Now, I mentioned that two of these guys are squaring off in the first game of the weekend, and we might as well just roll right into the breakdown of that. Um, let's talk about the Raiders Bengals game. This is the first game of Wild Card Weekend. It is being played at 4 30 p.m. on Saturday, of course, East Coast time. The Bengals are a home favorite of minus five and a half. The over under is 48 and a half. Now, interesting, this line opened at six and a half earlier this week and has been bet down a point. It looks like there are some sharp action coming in on the Las Vegas Raiders here, and I tend to agree with that side. Uh, before I explain really why, let's go over some trends that I was able to find for this game. Now, the Raiders are hot, okay? They're six and two straight up in their last eight games as a road dog. They've really had to claw out some wins over the back end of this season, um, that, for, quite frankly, have impressed me and exceeded my expectations. Um, going into this season, I most certainly did not have the Raiders as a playoff team. I actually predicted on one of my August episodes that they would finish last in their division, uh, which obviously, you know, they've exceeded a lot of people's expectations. And especially as I hold back a sneeze here, guys, geez, struggle city. All right. All right. I was able to push it down. Stuff that shit down. Um, Raiders. They've, they've, they've been kind of a shit show. They've kind of had to over, overcome a lot of adversity this year. You know, first with Henry, Henry Ruggs, you know, their second year hopeful break, breakout candidate going to prison for manslaughter. And then, uh, you know, John Gruden, I don't know if you guys followed that storyline, but that was a pretty big story in the middle of the season, Gruden getting fired, the whole email scandal. So this team has been able to somehow, you know, stick together and keep fighting and keep clawing out wins specifically impressive over the last two weeks with wins over the Colts and the chargers, both very gritty wins as well. Um, having to kick walk-off field goals in both games to secure a playoff spot after finishing the season two and zero and getting some tiebreakers to go their way, you know, all this with an interim head coach who most people don't know his name. So it's impressive. This Raiders team's got a lot of fight in them. Um, the coach is rich Bisaccia, by the way. Uh, more trends. The Bengals are four and one straight up and five and zero against the spread against the Raiders in their last six games in this matchup. That includes a week 11 Cincinnati win this season where the Bengals steamrolled Vegas in Vegas, 32 to 13. Uh, one more stat for you before we get, you know, circle back to that game in week 11. Uh, the Bengals. Uh, do not have a playoff win since 1990. Uh, they're 0-7 straight up, 0-6-1 against the spread in their last seven playoff games. So they do not have a win or a cover since 1990. I've heard a fun nugget this week. No one has ever sent a text message congratulating someone on a Bengals playoff win uh, because text messaging was invented uh, you know, later than 1990. Kind of funny. I'll give you the ref 
info for this, referee Jerome Boger is the official. Not very overwhelming stats, but I am going to give you guys the breakdown for every ref this weekend as I have been, you know, paying more attention to those zebras uh, throwing the yellow flags. Uh, this season, and we've made a lot of money off it. Jerome Boger is eight and eight straight up for the home team. Uh, home teams are seven and nine against the spread this season, so nothing crazy. Uh, the over is ten and six. Uh, that would be, you know, appealing, but he only averages fifty one point one points per game. Uh, so the total is uh, forty eight and a half here. Uh, not sure if I'm loving how those numbers work out. But Jerome Boger's the guy. We'll see. <clears throat> Not anything overwhelming there. Let's let's circle back. I told you guys we were going to circle back. The Bengals beat the Raiders earlier this season, week 11, right? And it was bad. It was ugly. The Raiders were never in it. It was a blowout, 32-13. Uh, the Raiders, really, that was the focal point of their season. They really turned things around ever since then. Um, they had a massive look-ahead spot in that week. Just coming off what looked like a potential season killer, a blowout loss to the Chiefs. Then they had another tough opponent with the Bengals. Then they got a look ahead to Dallas on Thanksgiving. They had to go and play in Dallas four days later. They were not in a position to win that Bengals game. This is different, okay, in my opinion. This game, first off, it's a do or die, win or go home. That always changes the motivation a little bit. Secondly, you know, I think the Raiders a little bit embarrassed about how this Bengals team went and kicked their ass in their own home stadium earlier. So we have the revenge angle here. I'm liking this Raiders plus five and a half a lot. If you can't tell by the narratives that I'm laying out here and the tone of my voice, I have already bet this one. This was the first spread that I took this weekend. This is probably my favorite spread of the weekend. So fortunate for you guys, you are getting my favorite pick of the weekend first here if you want to turn the podcast off now i guess you can but there are still five more games to talk about here and a lot more angles to go over i like the raiders plus five and a half a lot i think they have a shot to win this game because i i have said this team is gritty i like their fight i like their passion i like the bunker mentality no one believes in us but us so let's go prove them wrong i'm in on all of that um this Bengals team is good and their offense is really good We'll see if there's a little bit of rust. They sat guys uh, week 18. So, you know, the Raiders have basically played, you know, two straight playoff games already. They got a little bit of heat, a little bit of momentum. This Bengals team, young, inexperienced, a lot of first, second-year weapons on that offense, uh, specifically at the receiving core and uh, with the quarterback. Um, you wonder, you know, will there be some rust uh, this Saturday? You know, especially against that home crowd who's anxious for a playoff win. They don't want to let them down, but it's a lot of pressure for a young team. Now, Richie Bisaccia doesn't have a whole lot of play of experience, but this is also Zach Taylor's first game. And I think being on the road takes a little bit more pressure off of the Raiders, whereas the Bengals have to, you know, they have to make their home fans proud or be embarrassed. So I'm in on the Raiders plus five and a half here, guys. Getting the win will be difficult. I will be touching the money line. I will have it in at least one parlay. You know, I'm not sure if I'm playing it straight, but I'm definitely taking that five and a half. If you want to buy the half point, get it to six. That's cool with me. You know, obviously like that. Don't think you need it. Uh, I see this being a close game, maybe a final possession game. And the Raiders have a chance to win it. You know, I like what they're doing here. I like Renfro a lot. 
to have a big day. Darren Waller's back. Josh Jacobs finally looks healthy. Hey, Derek Carr, you know, takes a lot of shit for being a guy that I think has played pretty well in his NFL career. And I'm excited for him to get this opportunity. I think he's a great leader. Not saying Joe Burrow isn't a great leader, but Derek Carr has had to overcome a lot of adversity just to even hang on to that starting job. And I think um, I think that team, you know, believes in him and trusts him right now. So. I really like the Raiders. You know, I'm sorry if you guys were hoping to hear me talk about the Bengals this whole time. But to me, it's just kind of a fade spot as I start to get the sniffles here halfway through the episode. You know, too much inexperience on that side. A lot of pressure, like I said, playing in front of the home fans. You know, that trend about not having any playoff wins is going to be circulating. I'm all in on Vegas. Last thing I guess I'll say, um, Max Crosby uh, is a great player on that Raiders defense, and I think he can really get some pressure. If he can get to Burrow consistently, it could be a long day for the Bengals. So I will be on the five and a half. We'll see if the Bengals can sneak out the win, but I love the Raiders to cover in this spot. Guys, I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to go blow my nose. I'm going to come back and break down the Bills game. Sorry, but stay tuned. Okay, I am back. Sorry about that. Uh, Before we jump into the Bills game, there's one more point that I forgot to make about the Bengals game, and it's kind of a big one as far as the psychology and how I'm approaching this game. You guys know I love to be contrarian and fade the public. Um, There's definitely a split here as far as the uh, public uh, betting totals and the uh, margin of um, you know, public versus sharp, you know, Bengals versus Raiders tickets. Uh, for me, mentally, you know, one angle that I'm really looking at here is that the Bengals are one of the more elite fantasy football offenses. And, you know, today's NFL fandom is really driven majorly in the fantasy market. And especially a lot of people that are going to be betting on these games, you know, some of them don't bet regularly. They just want action because their fantasy seasons are over. You know, after Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and all these guys just won people fantasy championships, I think they're kind of a public darling in this game. I think a lot of people say, well, Mixon was great for me all year for my fantasy team. Why wouldn't I take the Bengals here? They're favored by less than a touchdown against a Raiders team that barely snuck into the playoffs. Give me the contrarian angle. Take that six and a half down to five and a half. That's all sharp action this week. Um, Joe's versus, uh, pros versus Joe's game here. And, uh, the Joe's are looking like, uh, specifically Joe Burrow in this situation. So that's a wrap on the Bengals game, kind of a long breakdown. Um, but I'm trying to give you guys some good stuff here for the playoffs. So let's get into the Patriots and the bills. This is the Saturday night, uh, primetime nightcap, 8.15 kickoff in Western New York. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Not looking like a whole lot of per- precipitation, uh, but definitely some wind chill and some uh, some players in sleeves most likely in Western New York. The Patriots are, as of right now, I believe a four-and-a-half-point uh, underdog. Um, Over-under is 44 And let's get into some stats before we break down the overarching opinions. New England is one and three against the spread in their last four games. Uh, You know, kind of ending the season on a sour note after that seven game win streak throughout the stretch of October and November. Uh, Buffalo four and oh straight up and three and one against the spread in their last four games. So they are on a bit of a win streak with some momentum going into the season. 
you know, they had a soft schedule at the end with games against the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, but they're winning and they're covering. New England, eh, I don't really like this stat. Probably shouldn't have wrote this down. They're 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games at Buffalo. Who cares? Most of those games were with Tom Brady against a bad Bills team. Throw that one out. Uh, the referee in this game is Brad Allen. Uh, the home team, 9-6 and six, straight up and against the spread. So there you go, Bills fans. Uh, over under this year, he's 7-8 and eight, um, with the under hitting that eight times. Uh, average around 45 points again. So with the over-under being 44, nothing that strong there. I do like that the home team's 9-6, and six, though, uh, because I'm leaning with Buffalo here. Um, I like the money line a lot more. I trust them to win, even if it has to be by one, two, three points, maybe a missed two-point conversion at the end of the game, something crazy, maybe a walk-off field goal. Who knows how it happens here? Four and a half points is a lot to lay against Belichick and this physical running game and defense. It's tough. I might talk myself into it, though. I think as we get closer to kickoff, you could see me with a Bills minus four ticket, probably by that half point. You know, take it from minus 110 to minus 120 for a little more confidence. But uh, I told you guys the stat rookie quarterbacks 0 and 7 last seven, 1 and 10. Their last 11 straight up in the playoffs in their first start. Mac Jones in cold weather. Guys, this game is going to be brutally cold. Brutally cold. And Mac Jones is not a cold weather quarterback. Josh Allen can play in the cold. He actually is pretty well built for the cold, given uh, if they want, they can turn him into a halfback at any point in the game and start running QB powers off tackle and start carving away yards and chipping away and, and extending drives. Mac Jones isn't doing any of that for you. He's a pocket passer who doesn't do well throwing the ball in cold weather. And now you guys might reference that uh, the Patriots actually beat the Bills in a bad weather game this season. Uh, that was week 13. If I'm not mistaken, uh, New England won a game 14 to 10. Um, but the second time they played, weather was a little bit better. Uh, Buffalo got the rematch, the revenge and a 33-21 victory. Uh, that game was still cold. Uh, it just wasn't a tornado. And that first game, that Week 13 game, that was hi a historic game in terms of uh, wind factoring into the game. And really, at the NFL level, wind and snow and rain play way more of a factor than just temperature. Um, It'll there'll be some wind. There's always a little wind in western New York. Take it from a guy who lives in Rochester. There's gonna be wind. But it's not gonna be 40, 45 miles an hour like it was in that complete dog show of a week 13 matchup. Mac Jones threw the ball three times in that game, and the Patriots basically played a rugby match. They played field position. They ran the ball over and over again, and they beat the Bills up physically. That's, you know, I guess if, if you're making a case for the Patriots to cover this number, it's because of that physicality and that advantage in the running game. But this Bills defense is strong. I don't see Mac Jones being able to win a football game in this against this team twice in one season by only throwing the ball three times. Belichick's going to have to put the ball in his rookie's hands at some point. I think Buffalo gets at least one interception off the kid. 
maybe a fumble or two. I think the the Bills are going to win the turnover margin here, and I think that is how they cover the number. That I think that's what takes this from maybe a field goal game to a six, eight-point game, somewhere in there, and we cover that four and a half. Um, I really like Buffalo here. Like, living in western New York, it's hard not to draw into the emotion. I'm an Eagles fan, but you got to love – the whole region, everybody's all in on this Bills team. You know, it just people are in general in a better mood around here. Um, you know, Josh Allen is, uh, you know, the biggest star in Western New York. He's all over the barbecue sauce at, at Wegmans when I go to grocery shop. And he's got all these, you know, commercials up here. And there's a lot of energy behind this team is what I'm saying. And people are believing. And I think this team believes. I think, you know, they've been to the playoffs before. Um, you know, losing a few years ago against the Texans and Deshaun Watson after finally breaking through and then winning the division last year, taking another step forward, winning a playoff game against the Colts, winning another playoff game against the Ravens, making it to the AFC championship game last year. This team has continued to take step forward after step forward over the last four or five years since Sean McDermott has gotten there and Josh Allen has continued to develop and mature. And I don't see a reason why Buffalo sees a first round exit uh, this year um, with that team. I think that there are very few teams in the NFL that you can really say love each other, trust each other, play for each other every single Sunday. Um, locker room chemistry and all the intangibles uh, and you know relationships and, and the emotion and motivation and accountability, everything that I just mentioned, those are rare traits to find in a locker room. I think Buffalo is one of those teams that is really gelled. They're, they're a tight-knit group. And it would surprise me to see them squander an opportunity here. The fact that it's Belichick, it's kind of the Bills' nemesis. I mean, that makes things super interesting here, and it does give you a little bit of pause. I don't love betting on Bill Belichick to lose a playoff game ever, but I'm not going to bet on a rookie quarterback after all the stats I've given you guys and a guy who has come out publicly and said he doesn't like playing in the cold. He flat out does not like throwing the ball in cold weather. It's going to be single digits in Buffalo this weekend, guys. I don't see how Mac does enough to get this team in a position to win. I think Josh Allen would have to have a horrendous game and the Patriots defense would obviously have to win the turnover margin, if not maybe score a defensive touchdown. Um, so I like Buffalo in this spot a lot. I will say, look out for Belichick to call at least one or two trick plays. Okay, we've seen the guy do it. This is another thing that's given me a little bit of pause laying the four and a half. Like I said, love the Bills to win. Four and a half is kind of a lot of points because we don't know if, you know, Beantown Billy up there is going to, be throwing double reverse wide receiver screen passes and flea flickers and shit. Cause he's done that. I mean, that's half the, half the playoff wins that Brady had was because he would throw a quick screen to Edelman and Edelman would find Amendola wide open 40 yards down the field. You know, we've seen it from him before, you know, the special teams is going to execute, you know, the defense is going to be ready. Uh, but I like Josh Allen and the boys to come through. I love the bills defense this year. I think the Bills are going to be able to get a little bit more of a running game going in here than most people expect, and I think that's going to be big um, to kind of take some pressure off of Josh Allen. I think he'll also make a lot of plays with his legs, like I said earlier. So circle the wagons, right? Go Buffalo. I like it. So my picks for the Saturday games off the spreads, Raiders plus 5.5, Bills minus 4.5. 
let's ride. I'm not touching these totals as of right now. Um, I've still got a little bit of thinking to do before I finalize my opinions on the Sunday games. And I don't really want to give you guys any half-baked opinions or half-assed opinions. You know, I'm going to be pissed at myself if I tell you to lay the points with the Bucks on Sunday morning. And then, you know, maybe tomorrow, this time tomorrow, I'm thinking, shit, man, I kind of like the birds. Some stuff can still change. I'm still marinating some ideas over here. So I'll try and get you guys that content. As always, make sure you're following on the Instagram page. Turn on that notifications and alerts button in the top right corner. You can get notified whenever I make a post or an addition to my uh, Instagram story. And that is really where I'm posting a majority of my content, my action. I don't always make an official post every time I place a bet. Sometimes it's just a quick story out there. So set those notifications so you're keeping up, you know, in live time on Saturday, on Sunday, any live bets I'm placing, any last minute additions, they're all going to be placed on the Instagram story. It's at SGRpod. That's the handle for the Twitter account as well. Um, I will get you guys uh, the rest of the breakdowns. Uh, tomorrow, this has been the Sports Gamble Ramble number 57, 58 coming at you soon. Thank you for listening. And hey, it's Wild Card Weekend. Let's go. Let's go. Ramble on.